0: You are now listening to the Motivational Mentors podcast with your hosts,
1: Luke Burrows. Touch on morning routines. I think people have to find something that works for them. And
0: Arsenio, Buck. hey, Arsenio, let's go party! Hey, party! If someone asked me to party right now, Luke, come on! What the hell's a part? A party? What? A party for what? Guys, welcome back to Motivational Mentors. Man, I am your host, Arsenio Buck. And of course, with my sidekick, Luke Burrows, bringing to you today another interview. Oh, this is gonna be a saucy one. (laughs) You know, man, Davina is a wonderful human being. She's already brought brought us on her podcast and whatnot. And you know what? We're gonna be getting into some greasy stuff today that's going to relate to a lot of people who were either bullied, weight loss, health, a lot of different things. We're going to take this in a lot of different directions. So, Davina, without further ado, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. It is so exciting and an honor to be um, featured on your show.
1: Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So, um, sorry, I was saying, do you want to go ahead? No, go ahead. You normally ask. You normally yeah, ask. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I usually ask. So, for the, for yeah. the listeners that uh, don't know who you are, could you um, in, like, kind of dive in more into who? who you are, your story, and and your journey.
2: Okay, well, let me start off by saying that I am a storyteller. It's one of my favorite things to do, so I'm going to talk for a very long time. <laughs> um, but... Yes, the 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 very brief introduction is that my name is Davina Faust. I live in New York City. Um, I have a studio here in Queens. Hey, um, but I grew up in a very small town in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm talking a Mr. Rogers neighborhood type of place, like no stoplights, <laughs> like no no exaggeration. We have like a bank, we have a bar, and we have two churches. Like that's pretty much it. So. In that environment, it's very much a fishbowl, um, and when you're a little kid, you also graduate with most of the people that you grow up with. So your social sphere is very, very limited, and um, you know, I think a lot of kids struggle with bullying in an environment like that, but for me, it was intensified because I was also significantly overweight for my age. Um, I always bring it back to this one moment because I think, you know, we all have a defining moment, especially in our childhood that just kind of warps us or really just causes an impact. And this moment for me, I was in second grade and it was in gym class and you know, the nineties were a weird time. Um, The nineties were a lot less, um, they they were just a lot less aware I think of of these situations. So we were it was physical fitness day. So you know you do the push ups, you run laps, whatever, and then you also had to be measured for your height and weight. And this is sem- pretty sensitive information for for eight year old children, but the nineties, they just wrote it on an index card and handed it to you because they're like, well, what does it matter? You know? So I was, I, I joined, I got my numbers. I'm like, great. I joined the line with the rest of my friends. And I never blame my friend for this because we were eight. We're curious kids. She looked at, or she just, you know, asked me what, what are your numbers? What does yours say? And so we swapped cards and I realized that the number weight was much bigger for me than it was for her. So hers was probably maybe 60 pounds. I don't know. And mine was 104. Um, and so it kind of hit me like, oh my gosh, that's, that, that's not a good thing. And then she let out a gasp and that kind of the, the whisper went down the line. And I, I vividly remember the boy at the front of the line saying, that's how much my older brother weighs to play football. And
1: Ooh.
2: in that moment, it hit me. I'm like, I am a monster. Everyone in this room thinks I'm a monster. There's something wrong with me. I need to fix myself immediately. And, you know, that's really also when the bullying picked up. So the next year I had shared the recess yard. It was like a, a third and fourth grade situation. So the the third graders shared with the fourth graders. And there were these two fourth graders who it, it was just their game. They would wait by the fence. They would wait for me to come and they would say something about my weight. They would say something about what I was wearing. They would say, you know, just like eating me alive. But I was in a situation where I felt like I couldn't stand up for myself because I was afraid it would get worse. Like I said, it's a very small school. Um I, I was just one. And I also thought on my end that I was a monster. So they're just reminding me of what I already know. So I can't stand up for myself. I can't ask for help in this situation because what they're saying is true in my mind. So I was bullied pretty much daily by these guys. And then, you know, as I went into, um, as I went into junior high school, it, it was less, of a consistent thing, but it was still very much like if I wore tight pants, I heard about it all day. If I, you know, did, did something out of the ordinary or, or what was unacceptable, I heard about it. And, um, it really got to me and it really, you know, I love my parents very, very much. And, um, I would never put this blame on them for not being aware, um, because I also never spoke up and I never told them. But another thing was that my mother was always somebody who, you know, she has type two diabetes. She was always focusing on being healthier and losing weight herself. So I absorbed that and thought, okay, well, I'm going to start mimicking my mother, but privately. So, you know, I would steal her slim fast drinks and I would, you know, pick up her articles on the Atkins diet. And I was 12, 13 years old. So I really had no guidance. I had no idea what I was doing. And I just, Would privately punish myself. And then, you know, it became one of those things where it wasn't obtainable long term. So I would fail and then I would hate myself even more. And then I would turn to food because food was my love. Food always felt good to me. Food never hurt me. Um, So I just continued to gain weight. And I really, what really hit me with the body dysmorphia, and I've actually never been told this story this specifically so uh motivational mentors are getting you're getting my soul today but um what happened was I had a crush on a boy and I I had one of my friends be a wing woman for me because I had absolutely no confidence and I had no right to tell this guy that I liked him so she was kind of my wing woman and um he was a friend of mine so he was actually very very nice in letting me down but he said you know I'm not interested in Davina, she's just a friend, all of that. But I immediately translated that as it's because I'm fat. It's because it's because I'm a monster and I I that's when I started convincing myself no one will ever love you. Um I would go to my bathroom and I'd take a Sharpie and I'd write the word fat across my stomach. Um I would punch myself in the stomach. I would grab at my stomach like with my nails and it was just like this didn't really happen consistently, but I had my episodes where, you know, if I was rejected for one reason or another, I would punish myself physically. So whoo, it gets better. I promise it gets better. So um I, I went away to college and you know I was I was really hoping to become a new person. I wanted to break out of this identity that I had. And, um, you know, I, I picked a school that nobody was going to just because I, I didn't want anyone to know who I was. I didn't want to, anyone to know my, my story. And while I was there, um, my grandmother, who was like my second mother um she gave me the type of love that i really needed the no questions ask love um never commented about my body or my appearance and just always supported me she ended up getting um skin cancer and at first it was just wow. stage level or, or level one you know it's totally she doesn't need chemo but then you know, it, it's one of those things where it just progressively got worse. And then eventually she was fighting stage four melanoma. And um losing her was my first heartbreak in life, you know, because I had i never been in a romantic relationship. So this was my first um time of just getting my heart ripped out of my chest and I lost myself you know I was eating even more gaining more weight I was failing all my courses I was just in a very very bad place and then for some reason the next semester I was at home for Christmas break and I was just laying on the couch and um I think it was MTV was airing this show called I Used to Be Fat. And it was all about this girl who was in her senior year of high school and she wanted to change. And so she worked with a trainer and she was able to lose all of this weight. And I just saw so much of myself in her. And it really got my wheels turning of just thinking about my grandmother and thinking about how this was an amazing woman who suffered in ways that she never asked for and never deserved. And here I was taking every day for granted and absolutely hating myself when my circumstances were in my control. I had the power to change the way that I felt. And that was it for me. Um, I took it seriously. I, I remember going on Facebook and tagging like 20 of my friends in a note, which like, what are Facebook notes anymore? <laughs> but um, I, I ended up tagging all of Yeah, I ended up tagging all of my friends and saying, guys, I need to change my life. I want to lose weight. This is really important to me. And, you know, of course, in a situation like that, everyone's going to give you support and love. Um, I started waking up early and going to the student center's rec center, the gym, because I didn't want anyone to see me running. Um, I, because that was another trigger for me was, you know, I was bullied for running. Um, So I just started waking up at 5 a.m. every single day, no matter what. And eventually You know, my first semester, I was able to drop 20 pounds pretty quickly. But then after graduating college, um, you know, I honestly didn't really care how long this took because I wanted to be healthy and happy indefinitely. I wanted to love myself and I wanted to take care of myself. So it took me two years. I had a lot of plateaus and a lot of learning on the fly, but I was able to lose 50 pounds. And I am more proud of the fact that I have kept it off for six years. Um, So even aside from that, I realized that your body changes way faster than your mindset does. So now, even though I was 50 pounds lighter, I now was carrying loose skin um, because I was overweight for so long. My body had grown accustomed to that shape. And the loose skin was predominantly on my stomach, which was the area I've always hated. So I found myself, you know, getting into situations where I was still beating myself up and punching myself in the stomach if I had gained weight or anything. And I realized like, this is not, this is just not right to be. Like you have worked so hard and you have come so far. You deserve to love yourself inside out, bad days, good days. So. I really took a lot of time, and I I fell into personal development through a, a multi-level marketing company at first, but then I just continued to just always value my personal growth and value um, how I spoke to myself and how I presented myself to other people. And so I've been really, really working on this for six years, and I after working with a therapist, I've finally come to closer to my finish line. I don't think this is something that I'll ever completely be cured of. But I have come to a place where I'm really looking forward to helping other women who struggle with their body image or they have body dysmorphia or just very low self-esteem because of their body. And so I am launching a business as a body confidence coach, life transformation expert. So that is my long-winded story.
1: whoa luke take it away <laughs> no i mean just thinking about that and obviously i'll send you the things that you went for in thailand it's kind of what um a little bit what one of the other guests we had on about like the labels that other people put on us that's kind of when i was listening to your story Davina. you know i kind of um that episode that we done um with nathan nathan todd i think his name was so guys go and check out that episode anyway but um <laughs> you know, and what he was saying about, you know, labels, um, mean, like no labels, uh, like his movement is no label defines me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, hearing your story. That's what I was thinking, you know. Um, and actually, I was gonna ask a question about, was there one moment in your life where, uh, like one defining moment where you, you had, where you knew like you had to change? And obviously, um, you, you did come to that um, point in your life so since obviously you haven't been doing personal development for six years I think it was what in those six years have then been one of the biggest challenges or you know some of the challenges that you've had to face um in those six years while continuing to work on yourself and your mindset actually being in personal development
2: sure so i i right I'm gonna take this from I guess a professional standpoint because I think Confidence is something that trickles into every aspect of your life. And when you struggle with it privately, like I did with my relationship with my body, a lot of people um, don't recognize it for other scenarios as well. So I had just randomly decided to move to New York City. and I oh, I moved here on two weeks' notice. Um, I just, you know, I had to get out of my little hometown. Um I was living there after, college. So obviously I was very concerned about slipping back into my old um, mental state just from being in the environment that was um, just not healthy for me. So I moved to New York and then the minute that I got here, or it was probably about a month that I got here, I lost the job that I moved here for. They laid me off because they hired too many people. So this was something that, (laughs) yeah, so here I was in New York City like I had just found an apartment and now it's like well you're back to square one like you're a loser again you're a failure mm. and so in a situation like that it's one of those things where you just have to really learn to trust yourself that's actually my life motto is just trust yourself um you know I I I think that's the one thing that I really love about my journey is that I learned how hard I can work. I learned that I can pull myself up after every single setback that I have because I have done it. Um, I made a lifelong dream come true. So if if I hear the word no... It's not no, it's just this is not right for me. You know, it's not like I'm a failure. It's just this experience is not aligned with me. Um, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but um, that's kind of how I interpret it. You know, I've had a lot of different challenges of being unhappy in jobs and being unhappy in relationships and just always reflecting back on the idea of this, this thing that I'm going through or this challenge that I'm having is not... Because of the way that I look.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, where did the podcast come from?
2: The podcast was an interesting little journey because, aside from um, being, you know, I got into health coaching while I was with this multi level marketing company, but I also went to school for theater. And when I was in theater, I was auditioning for TV film things. And one of my inter, or one of the The casting director said to me, you know, you're not right for this project, but I really love your voice. And she said, I really think I would, I'd love to stay in contact with you because I'd love for you to do some voiceovers for me. And that was the first time I had ever heard that. And I just, I thought that was really awesome. So I ended up taking some courses. Um, I took just like an intro level course from a community theater. Or a community college, excuse me, and then from there, I I found this master program called Voices for All, and in that program, they taught me not only about technique and skill and the and you know the ins and outs of voiceovers, but it also taught me the industry and how to set up a home studio and you know where where to find gigs, things of that nature. So I was working in voiceovers for a little while, and then I realized it's. An extremely hard industry to break into. First of all, and second of all, I lived in New York, and it was extremely loud all the time. <laughs> so it was a li- a bit more challenging for me to be able to, you know, if, if a client needs a deliverable within an hour and my neighbor is banging on the wall, like it's not going to be my best work, you know. So I have all of this equipment, I have all of this, um, I have all of this training, and I just realized. Podcasting makes so much sense, (laughs) you know. I, I I have something to talk about. I have people that I want to interview. Like, why not? So I just, it was one of those goals of mine that I was like, yeah, someday I'm gonna launch a podcast. Someday I'm gonna do it. And then I found myself just feeling super inspired about a year ago, and I just said, I'm gonna do it. You know, it's gonna be pretty crappy for the first few weeks, but I'm gonna do it. And you know, I think it's important to just dive right in sometimes so that's it's been about six or seven months since i've had my podcast and it's it's been so much fun
1: that's awesome that's awesome because um yeah you like you do actually have a podcast voice i think
0: oh thank you (laughs) i know you do that's what i wanted to comment and say hey you know i kind of like the voice you know (laughs) Go straight into yeah what is what microphone are you using by the way sorry way off topic
2: it is a blue microphone so i i don't it's a few years old actually it's time to get a new one but um this is a blue microphone
0: <laughs> okay so um uh, yeah one of the questions i wanted to ask real quick was uh do you think you were too hard on yourself mm-hmm. like when you started like well like the mine i'm a firm believer the mine is software And so the subconscious mind, we don't have pictures of it. We don't even have a picture of the mind. We have a picture of only the brain. Mm -hmm. And so when we try digging real deep inside that subconscious mind, there are some things in there that have been in there since who, maybe five years ago, five years old, seven, 10, you name it. And so when you have that type of negative conditioning as a child, um, when you grow up, it's kind of like I mentioned uh, recently how um, on one of my podcasts, I can't remember when, but when NBA players and NFL players, they make all that money, five years after they are finished playing, they go bankrupt. Why? Because they come from a poor background, Robert Kiyosaki says. Mm-hmm. And some people get very, very angry when they hear that, but it's the truth. That's the conditioning. That's the subconscious mind. So how were you able, and of course, for everyone else out there that has that type of negative condition, how were you able to like step-by-step start and you started trusting yourself. But what were some of the steps where you said, you know what? I am enough. I got this belly, but you know what? It's kind of like Lisa Nichols. She says, you know what? I'm going to start loving these mocha hips or my mocha skin, these wide hips and this and that. You know what I mean? So... Mm -hmm so just be grateful for everything you have when did you start
2: i i think it was when i started so i i always like to switch up my my workout programs and i had started a routine where i was doing strength training and hit training which is high intensity interval oh, drills yeah
0: i hate so, that one
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a but it's one of those things where Stop. It, it it's tough, but at the end of it, you're just like, hell yeah, I'm a warrior. I can do this. Absolutely. And so I think that was really important um, for me to, you know, I, I needed to change how I thought about exercise. You know, it wasn't to burn off calories and it wasn't because I, I binged on a big meal last night. It was because this is my time to reclaim my power. And this is my time to prove to myself how, in in control and how unstoppable I really am. And I have to give a lot of credit to um, Chalene Johnson. She is like, you know, on on the scale of importance, it's like, God, my parents, Chalene Johnson. Like, I'm not kidding. Like she Uh, has, she has a workout program and it's called Turbo Fire. And that's actually how I started to lose all of my weight was because it was kickboxing. But then there were these elements of hit. And while we were in the hit drills, she would always say things that would hit me right at the right moment. So she would tell me, you're not tired. You're beautiful. You're so strong. You can handle this. You can handle anything. And just being around that motivation helped me to retrain the wi- the wires in my own brain. So now when I go to the gym, I'm doing these drills. I'm picking this dumbbell off the floor, this barbell, I should say, the barbell off the floor. And I'm telling myself, you've got this. You can do this. You can do anything. And even if I can't pick up that that barbell today, I have done more than I did last week. So I have something to be proud of. And I'm here working on myself. I'm here challenging myself. And I'm I'm pushing, testing my limits just to see just how much further I can go. And it just inspires the hell out of me. So I awesome. think... It, you know, just retraining this idea of exercise and learning like, this is my time. This is my time to prove to myself that I've got this. And no matter what else happens today, I've had this moment that I deserve. Wow. And I love
0: that because there was another, right when you were saying that I, you know, having that person there telling you, Hey, you're this, you're that positive reinforcement, you know, mm-hmm. that that's, I saw a cast video of This Canadian guy, I forgot what his name was, but he was programmed by his father that he never did enough on the farm, this, that. Next thing you know, when his father was on his deathbed, he said, hey, you know what? Did everything I do, was that enough? Or do you remember anything that I did? And he's like, no, I don't. And so everything that he had done up to that point was just wiped away. But then he found a mentor that started saying, hey, you're pretty good at your job. And he's like, what? What did you say? He's like, yeah, you're pretty good. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, my God, you don't have people say that to you often, do you? So that's very important as a child and as a human being in general.
2: Yeah. And I also just to build off of this, you know, when when we talk about my body and my body dysmorphia, if I can pick one hundred and ninety pounds off of the floor, I don't care what my body looks like because I know I am powerful and I know I am strong and I am, and it makes me want to stand taller to be like, yes, I just freaking did that, you know? (laughs) Like, so it's one of those, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, when you learn how capable you are, the aesthetics are way less important.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so, um, like your network then, do you have a supportive network now and how important do you think that is to pretty much, like anything in life, you know, not just, you know, personal development business or whatever it is.
2: I absolutely do. Yes. And, um, even though I'm no longer with my multi-level marketing company, I did obtain a lot of amazing friendships through that. And, you know, they're the type of people who read their books, eat their veggies, you know, do their workouts and, and to, to hear people who value you. And, you know, I have the same, if I make a post on social media, I have the same 10 people commenting, I love you so much. You're, I'm so proud of you. You're killing it. It, It's really, really important. And I mean, I, I have seen my social network change over the past few years because, you know, I, and I, I don't fault these people because they loved me the way that I was and I'll be eternally grateful for that. But at the same time, you know, I, I, this is, going to be kind of a rude thing to say, but you, you don't see a butterfly hanging out with caterpillars. You know what I mean? You, you have to surround yourself with people who see your potential, recognize how amazing you already are, and then also inspire you either through the actions that they do or just the way that they speak to you. They inspire you to reach your, like crush your ceilings, reach your goals, set, set yourself higher so, um, yeah, I, I definitely think who you're, you surround yourself with is critical.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I love that analogy you made there. That's awesome. <laughs>
2: I I actually stole it, so oh, I, okay. I can't take credit for it. But <laughs> I, I saw it and was like, damn, that's so true. But <laughs> it was an anonymous quote, though. So I don't know. Props to anonymous.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, when it comes down to it and, in every, and seeing everything come full circle and whatnot, and I mean, you know, I just see the images of you or yeah, the images of you punching your stomach saying, oh, I hate myself. I hate my body. And just creating that. Well, Like how much of a, how much of a positive network did your, your parents provide?
2: I honestly, my mother's my my rock. She is my biggest fan. Um, uh, like I said, I think while it was happening, they were just so focused on, you know, they're the hardest working people I know. Oh, so they were just so, you know, my mother was getting a master's degree when I was 11. Um, I'll never fault them for not being aware of my journey. And I'm also kind of glad that they were less aware of my journey because it's it, it's made me who I am today. I I know myself inside out, upside and down because I had to learn and I had to like really do this work to figure out exactly who I am. So I'll never like blame my parents for being less involved in my struggles. And um, actually when I, I told my mother a few years ago that, you know, well, I was bullied for so long and she's like, what are you kidding me? And I was I said, yes, I, I was bullied almost daily for six or seven years. And she said, Davina, why didn't you say something? And it was because I believed what they were saying to be true. So it's like, well, you know, it's it's not bullying. They're just reinforcing what mm-hmm. I already know. So I didn't think to go to my parents and I didn't think to do all of these things, but now, um, I mean, my father's not a man of many words. He's um, he his love language is acts of service. So he will come up here and he will fix everything I own in my apartment, and you know he'll do it for free, and, and he'll you know send me money in the mail because he you know it's like my quote allowance, you know, like just really adorable little acts of service. But he he was never like a, a he was never a vocal person, so. I can tell though, you know, I, I have people who say, I, I ran into your dad last week and he's so proud of you. And he's so, you know, he, he just, I mentioned your name and he lit up and, and just, you know, I know that they love me. I know that they're just on on my side no matter what. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this was a journey that I had to go through on my own. And it's a it's one that I'll continue going through on my own because I'm an independent woman.
1: <laughs> and
2: yeah, I, I, I just appreciate any form of positive love and and good energy that comes to me
1: so awesome and yeah so we are coming towards the end um but kind of um wrapping this episode up uh, we usually ask our guests for some um some like actual steps that our listeners can take away that kind of summarize this this episode so for those that are maybe can relate to your story what would be some actual steps that you would give them to, to you know to take
2: Ooh, this is a good one some steps Well, first of all, if you find that you are not happy in your skin or or you are really um, beating yourself up, I want you to just go outside and just reflect on this. And I say go outside because I think fresh air can be really soothing, at least for me. And just really take the time to just sit with your thoughts, sit with, you know, what is going on in, in my life? Why am I unhappy? Can I change why I am unhappy? You know, there's that quote of, um, it's escaping me right now, but you all know it, <laughs> the, the yes. serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the oh, yes. yeah. to change, the things I can. So just really sit there and think about what is holding you back and is it in your power to to change this? And if it is, take a pen to paper, make a plan. You know, for me, it was, I'm going to exercise at 5 a.m. because it's the only time I have You know, I don't know what my college agenda looks like every single day, so I know I'll always have 5 a.m. And it's going to suck, but it's going to be worth it because this matters to me. And that's another thing, too, is I want you to really think about the end goal and seeing yourself on the other side and how happy you will be when you put yourself first and carrying that image with you on the days that it's hard. You know, there are days now where I wake up at 5 a.m. and I think, oh, like, why am I doing this? And I always go back to that 200 pound girl who woke up at 5 a.m. because she wanted this more than anything in the world. And I'm so grateful for her that I get up every single time. So when you have a vision that powerful and you your why is so embedded in you and it means more to you than anything, you'll get up and do whatever it is that you want to do. So make a plan. And then tell people about it. Tell people, because accountability is everything. I tagged those twenty people on Facebook because I knew if I complained to one of them about not wanting to exercise, they would say to me, "Well, you you put me in this note, and you told me that this is mattered more to you than anything. So go do it." And you know that's not them being. It's like a tough love that you need. So. Yeah, and then finally, just be patient with yourself. Be patient with your process. Um, some days are easier than others. You know, there are way more days that you wake up and think, "Well, this workout sucked, or I, I didn't, I didn't hit my PR today." But just showing up strengthens that discipline and strengthens that that muscle of of just showing up for yourself and account self accountability. And then finally, just be just be nice to yourself. Um, just really realize how amazing you are and really don't don't apologize for that because confidence like Demi Lovato says what's wrong with being confident but think about it like your confidence does not hurt anyone it actually inspires people and makes them want to be better so maybe it's some of those steps are intangible but I think training your mindset and training your brain is just as important as having the action actionable steps as well.
1: Hundred percent. Some uh, some great steps there. Um. So, Davina, where can people find you? Listen to your podcast and connect with you if they want to learn more about what you uh, do.
2: Sure. So, my podcast is called Turning Pain into Power. I'm sharing stories of people overcoming adversities and and really making amazing things happen for themselves. So, you can find that on iTunes. Stitcher or SoundCloud. Um, Honestly, right now, Instagram is my jam. I love that place. So my handle is at Davina Faust. And I know my parents did not make it easy for any of us. So that is D-A-V-I-N-A-F-A-U-S-T.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you can send me your Instagram handle, I'll put that in the description. So guys, if you want to learn more about what Davina does, then check out the description. But Davina, uh, thank you once again for joining us today.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me.
1: Thanks so much. See you again soon.
0: Did you find this episode helpful? If you did, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. New episodes of the Motivational Mentors podcast are available every Friday.